The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before give? a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a little SEO news. Joining us is Jordan Cooney, who is the founder and CEO of Previsible, which is an SEO consulting and education company that helps support enterprise businesses scale their organic search traffic. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, Previsible is also a sponsor of the Voices of Search podcast. And today, Jordan and I are going to discuss Magi, Google's AI search engine. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Jordan Cooney, the founder and CEO of Previsible. Jordan, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Hey there, Ben. Looking forward to diving into this unique episode. You know, it's been a while, buddy. I missed you last month. You were, you know, traveling around, taking the family to Palm Springs. In the meantime, a lot has happened in the search world. We've got two months of news to focus on. And the good news is the only thing that anybody cares about is artificial intelligence. The AI wars have begun and aim dead center in the middle of the bullseye is the search landscape. So talk to me about what's happening in artificial intelligence as it relates to search and specifically what's Google's response been? Hey, look, Ben, that's a phenomenal question. And it is very much centered around search. And one of the reasons why I think it's so centered around search is that AI in and of itself has this 
massive reach. And so does search, right? Search touches everybody's lives. We use it all the time to solve problems, to find places we want to go to, to buy products. And unequivocally, AI is going to be a central technology that enables our search experiences to be richer and more complete. The reality is that the foot race has turned into this Bing versus Google dichotomy, but it's really not. I mean, it's going to be much, much more complex than that. And I actually think one of Google's announcements, the recent announcements here, is a sign that it's going to become more complex. And it is not a foot race of the old traditional search engines, these, these two-dimensional text-based listing sites, listing out results like we have on, on Google and Bing. It's going to be far more richer and complete of an experience that leverages AI. Here's what I don't get. Everybody's making this big thing about, oh, Bing is taking over search and they integrated AI and wow, wonderful. Look how great Bing search is. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the data sources I'm looking at aren't accurate. But let's see, 3.1% of search market for Bing in uh, March 2022. Uh, Google had 91.56. And this is, uh, was this worldwide? Worldwide search share. Now let's fast forward a year to last month. Bing has 2.88% search share. It's actually gone down over the last year and Google has 93.17. Okay, so Google picked up two percentage points of share in search over the last year. Bing's gone down a little bit, but they integrated a new technology. This seems like a lot of news about nothing and all of a sudden Google is changing potentially their entire search platform. Talk to me about what we know about Google's AI integrated search and, and is, are they overreacting? Absolutely, everyone's overreacting. That suddenly Bing is going to completely take over every single search and search behavior that happens today is a complete falsehood. Is the partnership and $10 billion investment from Microsoft into OpenAI, the company that has developed ChatGPT, a smart move? Absolutely. Is it going to help Microsoft move into a more competitive arena when it comes to processing the data and the experiences and the customization of search that is necessary? Yes. But we've all known for a long time that the main flaw with Bing is in the housing. It's in the plumbing of Bing. It's not able to crawl as many websites and pages. It's not able to process and interpret that at a pace that's equivalent or capable of, of meeting the global that's, I got to stop you. That is not the problem. Oh, it's absolutely. The problem is people don't use Bing, even if it was worse. Now, there, six out of every hundred searches are going to Bing, and it's been like that for years. And 93 out of those searches are going to Google. So sure, even if Bing made the greatest search engine in the world, maybe artificial intelligence, maybe OpenAI's API helps Bing a lot. Great. Maybe the experience is better. People still are defaulting. They're going to Google, right? They're, that's their standard. That's the default. That is correct. But the problem is this, it's certainly a chicken and egg conversation, Ben, right? It's chicken and egg conversation in the sense that, yes, there are not enough people going to Bing to use it. But the, the re, one of the reasons, in my belief, is that the, the other side isn't capable of supplying enough results and information that attracts consumers and users to Bing. They simply don't have the depth and breadth 
of what Google offers in their search experience to entice people to come and use Bing over and over and over again. I think they lost that race a decade ago. I think when people were comparing search engines and making the decision when they actually had a decision to make before basically everything was locked down with the defaults on your phone are all Google, Bing was behind the technology curve. Even if they were parallel now, people are still going to default to what they've already used until a true better product service, something that provides a different type of answer. Maybe open AI, maybe artificial intelligence, the large language model, right? What we're seeing, maybe people will start defaulting. I know every once in a while I go to open AI and I conduct searches. That probably would have been Google searches before. I ain't going to Bing. That's just my two cents. And you're nailing it on the head here, right? Like technically speaking, Google is actually a year or two behind when it comes to AI development and its utility in search. Bard is has come out, but it came out a, a year or two behind ChatGPT, right? And Bard and ChatGPT are essentially equivalent generative AI answer models, right? Like you can put in a question and it'll give you a response, right? Now, the interesting thing is that Bard is going to be able to move at a much faster pace than ChatGPT ever will be because of the input data that is supplied by Google to make Bard work better. Now, Many of the, our listeners probably have access to BARD. I have it too. And I will tell you, one of the, there's a couple of unique differentiations between BARD and ChatGPT. Number one, BARD gives me very unique responses. If I put in a very similar question, I'm going to get very unique responses. I put in the exact same question. It may even change the way it responds. It may give me a list. It may give me a description in other scenarios. ChatGPT, if you put in the same question over and over again, it's going to give you the same response. And so the reality is that BARD not only has more languages that it can process, it has a ton more diversity in its ability to give humans unique responses. And eventually that will become hyper-personalized based on the person who's making those requests and the prompts that are being used by the requester. The whole reason I'm sharing this with you is that the underlying plumbing, the housing that Bing has, is simply not there to make the components that OpenAI is providing Microsoft more competitive in the marketplace. Google will develop those technologies and Google will use them with the underlying data that they have available. All right. So what do we know about what Google's done? I'm in BARD and I've got the same problem with BARD that I do with OpenAI, ChatGPT. The content sounds great. It's always fucking wrong. It's never right. It's always full of shit, right? And I'll I'll give you an example. Hey, tell me about the Martech podcast. It gave me a nice little description of my other podcast. Tell me more about the host. Benjamin has 10 years of experience in marketing technology, working for various companies, including startups, Fortune 500 companies, and government agencies. I've never worked for the government. He's a frequent speaker at marketing conferences. Debatable. And he's been featured on publications such as Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, and The New York Times. That's totally fucking untrue. <laughs> I've never done that. I love it. Oh, apparently I went to UCLA and I'm a certified marketing professional, a CMP. That's news. <laughs> anyway, so great. Google's building a full of shit search engine too. Wonderful. Tell me what you know about it. Exactly. Well... I mean, you are highlighting some of the major risks that we have with AI technology. It, it is simply full not of quite shit. There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. It is literally still 
um, not capable of giving us uh, accurate and detailed information as we see fit as human beings. But in any case, the not, backdrops aside, Google made a big announcement that they're going to develop an AI-powered search engine. And I think that this is really unique because they're doing this in a couple of different phases. And if if Google's actually gotten anything right when it comes to AI and search, it's this. It is going to happen in phases. There's going to be no complete leapfrog takeover that tomorrow ChatGPT becomes my one source of truth for every single question I have on the internet. Sorry, that is not true. What is going to happen is there's going to be different phases in terms of how users and consumers are going to adopt this. And the first phase of that is what they're calling Project Magi. This project is going to enable certain AI experiences where Google probably already has a high degree of confidence in the accuracy of the outputs, but then the ability to apply AI to the personalization and a full rich experience that they want to deliver in, in their existing search engine platforms or in the existing Google UI and experience. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help. And you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. I was listening to you, but not really, because I'm sitting here trying to get Google Bard to tell me a dirty joke. And it wouldn't tell me a dirty joke. But when I said, tell me a joke, it said, why did the Scarecrow win an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. Yeah, that's a great joke. It was terrible. <laughs> not only is it full of shit, it's got a bad sense of humor. So Magi, tell me more. Tell you more. So yeah, so Magi is this first phase, right? And I think Magi is genuinely going to be a game changer in Google's ability to outpace not only Bing, but a lot of other search engines that ultimately are the real threat to Google. Google's real threat isn't a search engine. It's not Bing. It is Amazon and people doing product searches on Amazon. It is Expedia and people doing travel searches on Expedia. It is the overwhelming plethora of verticalization in search and how consumers are going to those places to find their products. Magi could be a huge winner in getting consumers and decision makers and users to move back to Google to perform their initial searches and discovery. I don't do this because it makes for bad audio, but I'm going to pound the table. I don't get it. 
I don't <laughs> effing understand, Jordan. It makes no sense to me. So we've taken all of this data and we've allowed everybody to go into a chat widget and say, give me some data. And it spits back results that are effing wrong all of the time. And everybody is freaking out over it. And all of a sudden, Google's like, we're taking the bait. They already had that. They already had search results. When you type something into Google, it gives you the answers. It gives you the answers. They take the data from other people's web pages. Now, it's not in the same format of, here's a nice little paragraph of what I want. It's not a chat bot. Sure, I understand the UI changing, but the underlying data that Google is providing to its user was performing a better experience than what we have with OpenAI, with Bing Search, probably with Project Magi. It's definitely better than Bard. What on earth is Google doing saying we've got AI generated whatever other than trying to stay ahead of the PR curve? They're definitely trying to stay ahead of the PR curve. So there's a lot of that going on here. The media like frenzy that has been created through the, the chat GPT movement in the last six months is certainly very powerful and threatening to Google. And that's part of the narrative here. However, I want to remind not only our listeners, but also you, my friend, Ben, that this is not about chat GPT. Everyone gets stuck on chat GPT. Chat GPT is one model within generative AI. And this is what we're talking about. We're talking about generative AI, generative AI, is essentially an ecosystem in which many models can live within, right? So Dolly, which many of our listeners probably have experimented with, which is the image AI, there are many models that live within this. And so the reality here is not, it's not about just ChatGPT. It is about how all of these models and systems in this ecosystem of generative AI can be applied to different search elements, different use cases, and create richer experiences. And here's the crazy thing about Google's announcement with respect to an AI search engine. It is going to make them more money. Go on. And at the end of the day, that is all that matters. <laughs> Why is an AI-generated search engine going to make them more money? Well, I think that the reasoning behind an AI-generated search engine making them more money is going to be behind the partnerships that Google has. Right. Google has trillions of dollars locked up in major partnerships that facilitate through Android, facilitate through the Google Play Store, that facilitate through their various other products and offerings, and including Google Cloud products and Google Cloud services. And this generative AI is going to be able to percolate throughout all of these products and services and allow them to identify areas where they can either advertise, make more money off of advertising, generate more money off of the facilitation of transactions, the facilitation of business. Ultimately, that is, I think, at the core of where this future standalone AI-powered search engine is going to exist. It's not going to exist in what we think is Google.com and we go and type in words, but it's going to exist in a partnership with a hardware company. It's going to exist in our fees that we pay in having a Google Cloud server instance. And that's in and of itself going to be of more material value to the, the search engine and the company. Yeah, it's interesting to hear about how Google's monetization may change. And to me, that's the biggest risk for the company. To me, this is like 
more of what Google's been doing in search for years where, hey, there's a new way to take the information that's around the internet, a large language model or scraping of your website, filter it down to what is the most relevant information, rank it and put it in front of you. That's pretty close to Google search. And I understand there are different applications for large language models and a artificial intelligence and generative AI is not as simple as search. But from a I want information as a consumer going to Google right now generally provides you better information than going to GPT chat or Bing or Bard. We used to have the ability to put a Google search box on a website and Google would crawl your site and present, prevent, and present the most relevant information. It seems like this Project Magi and, and enabling other people to use Google for artificial intelligence and figure out what's the best content around the internet and put it onto their site and do all the sort of plug-in stuff that you know, OpenAI is doing. It's more of the same. It's, Google's already done some of this stuff and kind of got in trouble for it and stepped away and now they're going to go back and do it again. There's certainly some truth to that. I genuinely think that in Google making this standalone announcement, it is unique. And it's unique in the sense that their ability to say, hey, we're actually going to build a new search engine and it's going to be over here in the ether. It's either a really smart defense mechanism because there's going to be more and more AI-related technology that's going to be sold to search players. And search players, I don't necessarily mean like Bing or DuckDuckGo. I mean like we use all kinds of search engines. We use Yelp. We use Amazon, we use YouTube, we use all kinds of search experiences to enable our lives. The reality though, is that many of us default to Google to perform those actions. And as more and more services in the AI world become available, all of those thousands of companies who have search will be able to leverage that technology. Google saying we're building a standalone version means that they can compete in that space too. They can go to Amazon and say, hey, Amazon, you want to use our AI-powered engine? Pay us 10 cents every time you use it. It's all good. You can make your results better too. So there's something there in terms of the future of where search is going and how the real threat to Google, like I said before, is the verticalization of search. At the end of the day, I do still believe that there's going to be a default search engine that people rely on to get information, whether it's aggregated and presented like a chatbot or whether it's blue links that are getting into a web page where you can find the answers to your question. People are going to have a default place to go that's going to be integrated into their phones, computers, headsets, whatever is going to be in the future. And I think Google is going to have a big part to play with that. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney, the founder and CEO of Previsible. Join us again tomorrow when Jordan and I continue our conversation talking about Samsung's romance with Bing. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is JT Cooney. That's J-T-K-O-E-N-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is previsible.io. P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O.
And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast, feed. We're going to publish an episode every day during the workday. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data. Music.